everybody. Welcome to the Just Like Other Girls podcast, where we discuss things that matter to us, things that don't, and everything in between. I'm Shandy. And I'm Alicia. And today we're going to be doing part two of 20 things we learned before 20. So last week, we covered the first 10 things. If you didn't see it, you can catch it on our YouTube or Spotify. And this week, I'll kick us off with number one or number 11, keep track of everything. I feel like everybody always thinks when they have a thought, they're like, oh yeah, for sure, remember this. Inevitably, you will forget it. And this, for me at least, applies to everything. It applies to my CAs. It applies to like things that I think about that I don't want to forget. I've adopted the habit of writing everything down on like my phone or my laptop and assigning everything a folder so that if I need it, I can just find it easily because I find that things I think I will remember, I almost never do. Yeah, that's so true. This was a rough week, by the way. Oh, wait, it's only Wednesday. On Monday, in the middle of my class, my laptop literally broke down. Every single file I have for my final year project, for my work, it didn't want to launch. So literally, my screen went blank. All my files were gone. It was because I had too much file. I didn't mm. have enough storage. And especially because the course I'm in, we have to constantly work on stuff. I just don't really organize. I dump everything on my desktop because that's the easiest way to find it. And that backfired on me, obviously. But my classmate managed to save it for me. So, <laughs> Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I have to take this lesson seriously. So, um, yeah. I have to organize more, I guess. Wait, so... It was because you didn't have enough storage space. Actually, I transferred a lot of stuff into a thumb drive already, but I'm pretty sure I didn't delete files that I've already transferred there. And since you said it now, I'll do that later. <laughs> Actually, sub point, apart from keeping track of everything, one thing that has made my life a lot easier is, like you said, deleting things I know are in a safe place. If it's somewhere that I know it's safe, I just delete it from the original location. Yeah, and I think your point can be applied on a lot of things. I think even though my desktop is messy, I know where to find my stuff. I know where to find my work stuff, which helps me work more efficiently. The only problem would probably be the fact that I have too much stuff. Yeah, so I think it's important if you want to work efficiently. Okay, the second point of this video would be take every chance that you get. I've lost a lot of opportunities to develop myself, I guess, in some way. Or just in general, I've lost opportunities in meeting new people or forging friendships, etc. Just because I didn't dare to talk to them or I didn't take the chance to do whatever I wanted to. I think this applies to us now, but we are currently preparing for our internship in semester two. There are already companies that I completely ruled out in my head in year two, just because I felt like I wasn't good enough for the companies. But the thing is, if I didn't even take the chance to try and score an interview, how would I know if anything would work out? I would just say take your chances, value the opportunity, and as much as there's a 50% chance of you failing at it, there's also a 50% chance of you scoring. But if you don't try at all, there's a 100% chance of you not getting it done. What's funny is my next point is a counterpoint to this, but I will provide context later. Yeah, definitely. I think if you have the capability, especially when you're young, I've definitely passed up on a lot of opportunities because I thought I'm not ready. I'll be able to do this in the future when I'm more capable. The problem then becomes that like, at least this is how I see it. You learn certain things, certain skills in school, and you learn certain things from experience. And these two sometimes don't overlap. If you're not ready now, but you don't start working to get ready, 
even in the future, you won't be ready to try again. And plus, who knows if the same opportunity will be presented to you in the future. And yeah, I agree with what you said about the fact that we are young. It's the time for us to make mistakes and the time for us to learn. Actually, a very interesting thing about being young that I've noticed, again, I think throughout these episodes, you kind of established that Shandy and I are just struggling semi-adults. The weird thing about taking chances when you're young versus when you're a little bit older and maybe more experienced is that even if you have less experience or less skill when you start doing these things when you're younger, there's also more leeway for you. Because people know that they don't have the same expectations from a 16-year-old as opposed to like a 21-year-old. So like, if you have the guts or even if you just have the energy and the opportunity comes up, honestly, you probably have more space in your field to mess up and then get it right the next time if you start when you're younger. My next point is that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. I know it sounds weird. The original phrase is anything worth doing is worth doing well. And obviously, if you want to do it, if it's something you're passionate about, don't half-ass it. The issue then becomes that like sometimes there are points when you don't have the capacity to give your 100%. And when we talked about gifted kid burnout, I think that's something that like a lot of people who have experienced something similar to that or who have had a point where they feel like they are not progressing, I think that's something a lot of people who have experienced that can relate to. At least for me, I don't know about you, There came a point where it felt like no matter what I did, I wasn't doing as well as I thought I should. So sometimes there comes a point when you feel like you don't have the capacity or at least you don't think you can do as well as you would like to do. And that makes you feel just like so bad. Sometimes you feel like you don't want to do the thing at all. And something that took me a very long time to learn was if it's worth doing, at least to you, then you should do it anyway, even if it's not great. Even if you end up feeling like, I could have done better. The thing is, in that moment, if you were like mentally tired, dealing with other things, maybe you couldn't. Maybe this, like 30% or 20% or even 10% is all you can make at the moment. But the fact that like you did it anyway, despite everything else that was going on that made you feel like bogged down, even if you put something out, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that since life is such a long journey, just because you aren't able to do something at a given moment because you don't have the capacity to, doesn't mean you eventually won't be able to do it. Mm. But at the same time, I feel like I'm this person who's really, really like stubborn. I'm going to bring up this week again. It's <laughs> only Wednesday and I'm so drained. I, I haven't been sleeping well lately. And on Monday, I think I slept for three hours involuntarily. The next day, it was a Monday and I had a 10 to 6 class. And it was so rough on me. Even after my 6pm class, I went home and I tried to do my group project. By the end of all my tasks, I was just lying on my bed and thinking like, what have I been doing? My body hurts so bad. You don't have to force yourself all the time. But I think it also differs on our personalities in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just really stubborn. Yeah. I did want to bring that up actually because funnily enough, this week I took another course on the Enneagram. I got a real look into type 8 and type 4, which is Shandy and mine's Enneagram types. The whole thing about type 8 is that like you challenge people, you push the envelope, you push forward. But the thing about type 4 is that like you want to do the thing well, Jill, and you don't want to do things poorly because it reflects badly on you. And so I think both of our types approach doing things very differently. I've definitely had times in the past where I couldn't give 100%. And it took me so long to realize that if I don't give 100%, 
it doesn't matter as long as I'm giving what I can without just completely draining myself it's better than not doing it at all if you did half your homework as opposed to none of your homework at the end of the day at least you'd have done some homework and you could finish the rest as opposed to crap it's Sunday night and I have to start 100% of the homework yeah I definitely agree And there's no right or wrong, but what I think Alicia and I want to bring across is that based on our current experiences, we've learned all this and it worked for us. So we hope that it might help others. Okay, the next point that I want to bring across is that your health is important. Health should be priority. Yes, that's right. What do I mean by that? Like I mentioned twice already, had a rough week, very drained. I know it's only been two days, but (laughs) if your health isn't at the optimum, then it'll be harder for you to try and achieve your goals or like even simple day-to-day tasks if you don't take your health seriously. I've done some detrimental things to my health trying to achieve a bigger result or better result. Both physical health and mental health are really important. And of course, they affect each other. So try to take good care of yourself. Yeah, please drink water. Alicia, you too. Please drink water. Shandy's always on my case for how I don't drink water. Give me a second. Whether or not you're working on anything or even if you feel you're stretched quite thin, small little things like giving yourself an extra hour of sleep or like going to sleep early, just getting the kinds of nutrition that's good for you, they make a world of difference, honestly. And not just physical health, mental health also. At least for me, when I get busy and when I get stressed, I tend to beat myself up over it. And that takes a really bad toll on me overall. So apart from physical health, also just keep track of your mental health. Once that starts to like snowball, the rest of your health seems to just fall down with it. Yeah, that's the thing. My mental health actually affects my physical health really easily. Especially now there's COVID, I feel like everyone should just be more mindful of their own health. Especially in times when you should be staying safe and healthy, sometimes prioritizing work or prioritizing like productivity will eventually just bite you in the ass. My next life lesson that I've learned is obsolescion is a lie. The definition of obsolescion or, sorry, obsolescence, which is harder to pronounce, so I'm just going to stick with obsolescion. It's just becoming obsolete or out of date. Every time there's an iPhone craze, I remember how I had a friend who got the iPhone, I think 6S, within a week of it coming out, while I was still using the iPhone 4. And I have to say, when you strip it down to basics, phones are phones. New tech is being introduced every day, but there's really no shame in using an older model or something that may or may not be considered out of date or obsolete. Similarly with technology, sometimes I find that the old ways work just as well. This applies to a lot. And I was thinking about it as I was like mending some clothes the other day. We mentioned a while back in, I don't remember which episode, I believe it was the sustainability episode about how fashion is getting faster and faster and how now it's a lot easier to just buy something new as opposed to repair the old. But there are still so many cool jobs out there, so many people with cool careers like cobbling, repairing shoes or tailors repairing clothes. It's kind of incredible to me like the few times that I've worked with a tailor, the kind of magic that they can spin. And so I find such a value in repairing or using something old and then getting it repaired. Yeah, so my lesson is just things going obsolete sometimes isn't always true. Even if it's not the new fashion or fully up to date, if it still works, it could still work for you. Yeah, I agree. I've never found a problem with 
like my old phones or like working with older versions of stuff. I think like what you said, if it works, it works. I wouldn't want to strain finances or like waste money. The idea that once something doesn't work as well as you want it to anymore, you can just replace it. When you take it in like a global context, seems insane. I don't know. That's just me though. I think because now that things are more readily available, we as humans tend to strive for the newer stuff, the better stuff. At the same time, you brought up a great point that we should take a look back and see if things are actually worth getting or you could just repair them and reuse them. Actually, an interesting sub-point I had to my main point is pick up hardware and software skills. Nothing fancy. You don't need to learn anything fancy. But I've had several issues with like my laptops and my phones over the years or even with hardware like radios. And so I've picked up a very rudimentary understanding of like how to troubleshoot my software and like what knobs I can twist and turn and what I can do when like hardware isn't working properly. Small little understandings of stuff like that genuinely makes life so much easier. My next point is change is change. The reason why I said it like that is because it's not something that I have an answer to, but In life, you go through a lot of changes and I don't have an answer to whether change is good or bad because it definitely depends on your circumstances. I've always been afraid of change. That's the point I want to bring across. I've been afraid of change, whether be good or bad. And at the end of the day, it's something that happens to all of us in various things and we should just take it as it is. Try not to be afraid of it. It's similar to the point I brought across just now to take the chances that you can get. Like for example, if something is just not working out in your life, don't be too stubborn and try to go through with it, no matter if it's detrimental to you or not. If there's a good change, you shouldn't be too afraid of it either. I don't know, I think why people fear change is because it's not a sure answer. Even though I'm only 19, I've gone through several changes. I changed my hair color and my hairstyle every episode of this podcast. I would just say that from a personal experience, I think we should take change as what it is, that it is an alteration of something, whether it be good or bad. And it happens to all of us. So we should not take it lightly, but we should not be afraid of it. Yeah, actually, I'm the same way. I don't like change. I'm very changeable. But I'm also very aware of the phrase, the only constant is change. Everything is constantly changing and there's nothing really you can do about it. With most things in life, I feel like change is neutral. Change can be good or bad, but change itself, I feel, is very neutral. My next point, you're going to have to really stick with me on this. But my point is, you don't have to understand everything. And things get easier to understand as you grow up. But some things just won't be that easy to understand. And I'm asking everybody to stick with me on this because I don't know how to explain this point because I don't know how to understand and explain things that I don't understand. But I have an analogy, okay? I know where files go when you delete them from your computer. Like logically, I know you're freeing up space, but I still wonder where like the digital mass and weight of the file went. Like not technically, I understand that there's delete, permanent delete. But I still fall back on this like almost subconscious belief that if you throw something away, it doesn't just disappear, right? If you burn like a piece of paper, the ashes are still there as proof that it existed. 
So when I apply that to digital files, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe one day I'll have it explained to me and I'll finally understand like, oh, I understand why once you permanently delete something, suddenly that space is free again. But right now, I don't understand it. And for me, that's okay. I'm not there yet. And I'm sure one day I'll look back at this episode and be like, man, Alicia, that's such a simple concept. But for now, I understand it logically, but I don't really understand it. And I think that's okay. That's the thing though. It doesn't hinder your day-to-day life by you not understanding it. I agree with you. I don't think you have to understand everything in the world. I don't think you have to fully master every single concept. Okay, even now, I don't know if my I don't know where digital files go analogy works because I have a feeling a lot of people that watch this are going to be like, there's no way you don't know how it works. Like, no, I know how it works. It's just I don't fully get it. Is there anything for you that's like that? I guess, I guess one thing would have to be, you know how emotions are controlled by the levels of different chemicals you have in your brain? Yeah. Technically, emotions might just be chemical reactions. Yeah. Like, I understand in the sense that there's like hormones and like chemical reactions happen in everywhere, everything. But emotions is such a intangible thing. It's very abstract. And it's something... Yeah. Yeah, I don't really even understand what's an emotion. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Emotions are very abstract. And I feel like that may be where the issue lies. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. But because emotions feel so intangible and abstract, trying to apply a scientific reasoning or like a cut and dry logical explanation feels almost kind of wrong. Yeah, definitely. But could they all just be different chemical reactions that's happening in our brains? But it doesn't hinder my life right now. So yeah, I won't think about it too much. Yeah. Like I'll figure long, it out one day. Yeah. As long as you're not like putting red string on a corkboard, trying to figure out like these abstract concepts. Or even like me, as long as you don't spend too long thinking about where your deleted files really go, it doesn't hinder your life. If there is an explanation, but you just don't understand it quite yet, one day you probably will. Your brain's always expanding anyway. Uh, even if you don't, it's totally fine as well. It's fine. Sometimes we just don't understand things. There are so many things that we haven't discovered and we probably won't in our lifetime. So take a chill pill. Okay, my next point is that everyone has something that we are good at. I've really stressed myself out my entire life. If I've been complimented once about something, I, I feel the need to be complimented again and to make this my thing, you know? Yeah, but at the end of the day, I feel that why complicate things? If you like something, doesn't mean you have to be good at it. Even if you have things that you're not good at, everyone has something that they own. Everyone has something that they can be proud of, but you don't have to figure it out now, especially if you're like us, if you're our age or younger, or, you know, even older. Yeah, but because we're at this age where we feel like we need to prove ourselves to different people, We need to show our potential in regards to school, to our parents' expectations. It's really difficult for us to be proud of what we have because we constantly want to only show our good side. 
Yeah, but at the end of the day, I think that everyone has things that we are good at. And sometimes it takes someone else to notice it instead of yourself. I did actually want to bring that up as you were talking. I was like, yeah, the person who will see the best traits in you likely isn't you. Especially, I think, if you are fixating on, oh, I have to be good at this, I have to be good at this. If you're not, and that's fine. That doesn't mean you don't have something you're good at. That probably just means you're not looking out for what you do have. And even if you think you don't, I feel like a lot of us have this like, insecurity in us that maybe we're not the best at something. I learned that, unfortunately, pretty late in life. You don't have to be the best. But that doesn't mean that you're not still good at something. And that doesn't mean that there aren't still people out, out there to really see something in you. Yeah. And also, I, I, want to, I want to bring this up. But sometimes, things are more fun when you're not good at it. I think sometimes the learning process is more fun than when you actually master it. Yeah, like I have been a total beginner at things. And especially when you're not graded on it. My favorite thing about learning something new is sucking at it. Like I got this mug, if you're on YouTube, I got this mug from a pottery class. I didn't make this mug. It was a reject mug that no one wanted. So I bought it. When I was at that pottery class, I was so bad initially. And honestly, that was my favorite part because I really wanted to make something good. But I also understood that because I'm a complete beginner, it won't be the best. And that's fine. And I feel like there is a downside to being good at something especially when you've made it clear that you're good at the thing, be it like publicly on social media. When you're good at something, you have the expectation that you're going to continue being good at it. And so if the skill expands or changes, you start to beat yourself up over it. You don't have to. If you're good at the thing, if you're not good at the thing. For me, the main point about learning anything is just that I'm learning. Okay. My final point is that your current body is your body. When I say your current body is your body, I want to put emphasis on the second year. I've had so many of my friends and even myself at one point say, I can buy a certain article of clothing that's too small or doesn't fit right or too big. And they tell themselves, and I used to tell myself that I'm buying this as motivation for me to slim down or for me to gain weight in a certain area. And looking back, it's just so harmful to your self-esteem. Essentially to think that your body isn't perfect until it's the way you want it to look. It probably took me a little less than 10 years to realize that whatever I have right now is not something in the making. Every day, the body you work with is the body that you have. It's not the body that you're going to change eventually. Because if you live that way, I found that when I live that way and when all my friends live that way, you just live so miserably because you always look at yourself as not quite right. And because of that, you're never happy with yourself. Well, I would say that body image is something that I struggle with also. I think we've mentioned before, I'm conventionally skinny, but I have my own insecurities. You brought up a good point. Currently, I'm supposed to be happy with what I have. But honestly, frankly, I'm not. To me, from my perspective, I feel that majority of humans, we always want to be better. Hmm. And whatever better means, we want to be that. It's inevitable that we feel a certain way. As much as I'm still working on this with myself, I do think that it is definitely a process. And it's something that we really need to reflect on to consciously change it. Sorry, I thought about this as you were talking, but it kind of hit me also that even if you hit your target, like let's say your target is 55 kilos, okay? Do you just constantly maintain 55? If you've always had the opinion of yourself that you're a bit overweight, 
does 55 eventually look like too heavy to you? Where does it stop, you know? I guess my main point here is just, it's very tiring to always look at yourself like there's something more you can do when this is the body that you live in and it's the body that serves you, right? Whatever, we are just talking about our own experiences and how we deal with things and our perspectives. But we do want to spread a bit more positivity. Your body, you know it best. Shandy and I are just talking from the perspective of two people who have had like body image issues in the past. Obviously, most people would want people to share their ideals. If you don't, if you don't think you can, that's also perfectly fine. Okay, my last point is that liking someone may just be more meaningful than loving someone. I mentioned this in the last episode. I wrote a movie review slash reflection on the film Lady Bird. And basically in one of the scenes, the protagonist asks her mother if she likes her. And her mother answers with, I love you. And the protagonist replied with the same question, but do you like me? Liking someone is a choice. While loving someone could be an obligation to, in this case, family ties, or it could be a prior commitment to a relationship already. But liking someone is more of in that given moment, you made that choice to like this person. I I don't know if I'm articulating this properly. I hope you guys as viewers um, will understand where I'm coming from. I feel like, yeah, this is definitely a very ambiguous argument to make. But what I'm getting from this, tell me if I'm too far off the course. But it's like, liking somebody, you're making, like you said, you're making that active choice. You enjoy being with them. You enjoy their personality. But I definitely understood what you meant when you quoted that scene where like, even if you love somebody, that doesn't mean you like the way they act. That doesn't mean you like the way they treat you. But that doesn't also doesn't mean you can stop loving them just because it seems like they are not treating you, others, or themselves well. Yeah, I agree. I brought this up because I feel that I've seen many people beat themselves up over loving people, even when they do things that we dislike. And we often have this mindset that love will conquer all. And if I love someone, I have to like everything they do. But liking something or liking someone is an active choice, like what Alicia mentioned earlier. It's not really something that I would constantly apply in my life or anything like that. But while writing the reflection slash review, it's something that I realized that I thought it would be interesting to share. I think that's all we have for today. Oh, I guess that is. We don't have anything else, do we? Yeah, we've completed our 20 lessons before we turn 20. This is the end of our second last episode and also the end of our little um, 20 lessons we've learned before 20 series. It's only a two-episode thing, but well, I hope you stick with us until the last episode and you can always catch us on YouTube and Spotify. Mm, Alicia, do you have anything to add? I think I'll address most of the things I want to talk about next episode. I think that's all for today. Bye! Bye.